0: Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm
1: a doctor and YouTuber, I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer, and you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Not Overthinking. Taymor, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. This is, I think this might be the first time we're recording a podcast in the morning. I've just come over, woke up at 8am, cleaned my flats because we're having people over for dinner, and uh, I got in an oobs and came over here, and it is 10am. Uh, here we are what a life how are you i'm pretty good this is also the first time i've recorded a podcast in the morning with you so it's kind of nice i feel like we, we we must have done this at some point in st albans
0: like oh we'll do it in the morning
1: oh yeah i think there was one time where like mac and i were going to bulgaria or something mm. or, yeah somewhere and then the morning podcast. in the morning and then we just had to had to bash one out
0: yeah i find that like weirdly when scheduling something like this i just never really clocked that we could just record it in the morning right the day yeah um but yeah big fan of doing stuff in the morning Nice. It's a creative
1: juice that's flowing. How's your week been otherwise? Uh, I, yeah, I think I said this last time as well. I feel like these days my life is just ruled by lots and lots of calendar events mm. that I have to do. And they're all important. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty ruthless about not sort of not doing meetings that aren't important and cancelling <laughs> meetings that are no longer important. I think uh, I, I think that is one of the things I am good at. But... Yeah, I think it's quite... Yeah, I think I said last time as well. I, f- I rarely feel like I have a sense of peace, you know. Um, and I think the lack of commute partly contributes to this because I remember yesterday when I was coming over to London. Was it yesterday? Or the day before when I came over to London from uh, from home. I was really looking forward to the commute because I was like, ah, oh, that's just like, you know, half an hour. of <laughs> am just like, <laughs> you know, don't have to do anything. and just read my Kindle, you know. Whereas, yeah, I think song sans commute you don't really get that you know there's no there's no time of peace yeah i know what you mean
0: uh, I, had a, I had a i had a big uh, deep work day yesterday and have another deep work day today after this after this podcast and i found that when i was like in the house on the desk i was just like mm, there's another one mm. and then i did a kind of 10 minute commute walking down to the local indian restaurant uh by the name of dishum which took about like five, 10 minutes to get there. But I you know had my AirPods in, I was listening to Mistborn book three and it was just like a very nice reset. And then I got there, I was like, all right, cool. I'm in work mode now. Mm. And then after I'd exhausted my stay there with a spare four pounds for their unlimited uh, oat milk chai (laughs) and like a bread and butter bun. I was like, okay, I've probably uh, rinsed these guys enough. (laughs) So let me do another commute to Granger & Co., which is another 10 minutes down the road. And that like reset just worked Mm. so nicely. And then I came back to the house at some point to to do a poo, have a shower, all that jazz. Yeah. Spent a bit of time working in the house. I was like, cool. As soon as I I found my energy levels being sapped, like let's commute to another place. Yeah. And it was so nice. It's so good having those resets.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I I often do the same thing if I'm in London, particularly where it's like, like I get up in the morning. I'm like, damn, it's like 9am. Especially if I look out and it's like all rainy and stuff. Then I'm like, oh man, what is this? And then I, then I leave and go to my local breakfast spots and I go there and work there for a bit and, and things like that. But the annoying thing is that most days, like I just have too many calls to be able to be pissing around in coffee shops, you know? Mm. And so, yeah, I generally block out Wednesdays to not have calls, but still there are some important things that come up. Um, anyway, that's me. How are you? How's your past week been? It's been good.
0: I need to look at my calendar to see what I've done in the past week. Oh, okay. So yeah, a few interesting things. Um, had the wedding of our mutual friend paul mm. over the weekend so we spent the weekend in cambridge that was quite nice uh saw a lot of people saw a lot of people for oh well, yeah i mean wedi- weddings are a good chance for the gang to get together for an excuse and we all had to sleep over at lucia's place which was super nice um so that was great vibes all around Went punting as well on sunday mm. um, in the sunshine intended i intended to have a deep work afternoon but then uh, our mutual friend callum messaged me being like do you want to go for a punt and i was yeah. like well, initially he messaged me, do you, do you want to go for a pint? <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> and then he said, whoops, autocorrect, lol, knows me too well, lol. And he said, do you want to go for a punt? I was like, all right then. So we got some nice photos of us punting. It was very cute. And then yesterday, no, on Tuesday, we had a whole day um, kind of business planning day with a business coach, oh, yeah? uh, which was like really helpful. And we figured out the core focus of our
1: business. Wait, wait I'm going to drop you here. And we I'm focused. Yes, I'm going to you here. Yes, please. I feel like every six to eight weeks on the pod yeah. or off the pod, you're yeah. like, right, lads, I had an amazing session with the business coach. We've figured out the focus of the business now. <laughs> like every, every two months, you... I mean, we, we last had the session with this guy
0: a month ago. Oh, okay. And I probably would have raved about it then. Okay. But that wasn't like, oh, what, did we do? Well, what did we discuss on that one? That one was about our accountability chart. That was about the structure of the business.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Last time we were yeah. like, lads, we've come up with the org structure. Exactly. <laughs> this is going to change the game. Yeah, no. I'm just
0: looking at all these post-its that are like stuck on the wall, which are like vision, data, process, issues, people, and attraction, the six areas of the business. And so we're like going over those one by one. And then, yeah, last month we had our focus day and two days ago was our vision building day one. And we have vision building day two in a month's time. So this time in a month's time, I'll probably like, lads, we figured out our three year plan. <laughs>
1: so that was really great how much of the value of the business coach do you think is in just forcing you to sit down for a day and not do any normal work and yeah how much do you think how much the value do you think is actually just like forcing you to carve out the time to do some higher level stuff i think a big chunk of the value is in forcing us to carve
0: out the time um so i i do have like an a b test comparison for this so i have done sort of i i have tried this three times One was fairly unstructured where I didn't know what I was doing. And it was like, you know what? I'm going to spend a whole day to figure out what I want to do with the business. It didn't really go anywhere. I had a bunch of ideas, but it was like, cool. Um, Not much of a framework. The the second time around was when I first read a book called Traction, um, which introduces the entrepreneurial operating system. And it just basically lays out, like, these are all the things you have to do. This is what it means to figure out your vision, your ten-year plan, your marketing strategy, your three-year plan, your one-year plan, blah, blah, blah. And so me and one of my team members, Angus, we locked ourselves in a WeWork conference room for, for a day and just kind of went through the book and did it one by one and kind of did it ourselves. Yeah. And we came to some reasonable conclusions as to what our vision and values and all that jazz were. This was a few months ago. And then we thought, you know what, this let's just hire one of these entrepreneurial operating system like certified coaches mm. so that they can take us through the process and see what happens. Oh, I see. And so this is the certified coach. Basically like... taking us through this process that we already know what it is having read the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Read the book repeatedly. Yep. And having already tried it ourselves, but yep. there was still significant value added in the guy being there because he's taken like three hundred and eighty six companies through the exact same process. And so when we were trying to figure out what are our values, what's our vision and stuff because he's just done it so often with a bunch of companies yeah. of different sizes, he was able to give his perspective on that, yeah. which was also value add. So I think, yeah, there is value in just sitting down and doing it, but there was even more value in doing it with a book. And there was even more value in
1: doing it with a coach. I think there's a trap that one can fall into mm. where whence, yeah, I'd, I'd maybe, I, yeah, I'd call this the, the Superman trap or, oh, you know, okay. You know, Superwoman or what have you. Um, where you kind where you kind of um you kind of think to yourself you know for example you know someone might be you know might have a fairly intense job and then they also you know want to work out go to the gym you know get hench or lose weight or something like that, and you know they might also want to sort of do do other things that require time and energy um maybe other kinds of projects or you know just like general stuff like cook food you know. Keep the house clean, things like this, right? And um, with with all of these things, you can kind of there there is the option to pay someone to help you do to help you do the thing, like get a personal trainer or something, or, something, or pay what pay someone to actually just do the task itself, like oh, yeah, cook for you, clean the house, this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, or and you know this also applies to like you know I you know if you if you want to like start a YouTube channel or something, you know you might see that oh there's all these random like online courses of like how to start a YouTube channel kind of thing. Um, and I think a, a common thing. Well, when I, when, whenever I've tried to people about this kind of stuff, so that there seems to sometimes be this, you know, what I call the Superman trap of thinking, well, it is, it, it, it is possible for me to do all these five things, completely myself without any help, without paying any money, without any help. It, you know, like, and you're kind of thinking like, if I were Superman, I would be able to juggle my job, and go to the gym regularly, and like, you know, cook and uh you know do my youtube channel and and, and stuff like that when actually like just kind of out, outsourcing or paying someone to kind of give you a kick up the arse for some of these things will mean that they actually get done because you know, you're not superman right but i think um i think in in, in our heads we sometimes think well theoretically like i could you know there's nothing stopping me from like doing all of these things <laughs> like i could do it yeah <laughs> um and uh Yeah, I think, you know, some people might think on, like, the business code front of, like, oh, you know, I've just, I've, like, bought the book, like, you know, actually, I could do it myself, like, what's the point of, like, getting some extra help, etc., etc.? yeah. What do you think?
0: Yeah. No. I think this is this is completely true. Uh, the way I the, the the way I think of it when I when I describe the value of coaching and courses and personal trainers and stuff to people is that sort of s- similar to your terminology, but the other way around. So I say, look, fundamentally, at the end of the day, I am a waste man, and this thing is not going to get done unless I have some level of accountability, or some money on the line, or some some way of actually making me do it. Mm. I think in a business context, people are far more open to it because the return on investment is completely... Well, it's, it's usually very clear. Like, for example, this guy cost us like £3,000 for the day or something stupid like that. Mm. But it's like, well, we, we could do it ourselves with the book or we could pay £3,000 to have a guide to take us through the process. But given that this is like long-term business strategic planning if we even deviate like make a 1% correction mm. that is totally worth that 3,000 yeah, yeah. £3, pounds so it becomes a
1: complete no-brainer to, yeah. to, to 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 do this sort of thing yeah i think i think yeah that's yeah in in, in the business realm like people the, the same people are much more sort of i don't think this is the right word but much more amenable to paying money for services and you know coaching and things like that I think in the realm of business, you know, that if you're spending money, you know, that the payoff will be monetary. And so it's kind of like an apples to apples comparison, Mm. whereas outside the realm of business, if you're paying money, like it's often, you know, maybe there's money money to return somewhere down the line, but it's not kind of directly there. Like, for example, getting a personal trainer or something, it's like, oh, man, I'm spending like hundreds of pounds a month, you know, and like it's, you know. Yeah, I think we just like value things in terms of money most of the time, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, we end up like undervaluing other things. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like um I remember at one point I I was I was in the camp of anti fancy gym memberships. Mm. Where I was like, why would you pay eighty pounds a month for a fancy gym when you've got exactly the same features in a £20 a month gym? Yeah. And I think Broadly, I can map my that attitude, which uh, that attitude to me directly correlates with how much money I had at the time. Okay. So back in the day when I was in school and the iPhone first came out, I was one of the I was in the camp of, ugh, why would you why would you buy an iPhone 3G when, when you could buy a Samsung Galaxy S2 which does the same thing? Yeah, and uh, the screen is big and the specs. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's got a dual core processor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I was I was quite that like Snapdragon-y about it, but. I, <laughs> I was very much in that camp. And then at one point, um, I, I think in in sixth form or like around age 16 to 18, that was when some people I knew were starting to get MacBooks. And oh. MacBooks, I was priced out of the market for MacBooks at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, why would you get a MacBook? Well, Why would you get a PowerBook Pro when you could get the <laughs> Acer uh, uh, X-Series 84Z yeah. 5.2 <laughs> with the 256 gigabyte uh, the hard drive, of course. Um, that would be like half the price. Yeah. Um, and then when i got to university and i'd started making money through tutoring and stuff and then i got a macbook i was like oh okay i can see why this is a thing mm. and i can see why now that i am able to afford this i see the value in it but
1: when i couldn't afford it i would scoff at the value oh, of it oh no so no no yeah i think i think it's, yeah it's perfectly legitimate like if uh, if money is the limiting factor it's perfectly legitimate to like you oh, know no of course not, no. not do this but i think no, but i think, I think the, there the, are loads the, of people for which money is not the blocker the blocker is uh is is the mental shackles? No,
0: absolutely. Of, uh, the Superman I'm, trap. I'm I'm not saying this that when when money is an actual limiting factor. Because mm. when I was younger, I literally could not afford a MacBook. Yeah. I'm saying, I did not see the value of a MacBook because I could not afford it. Okay. And I would th- th- I would therefore virtue signal to myself and others that actually I'm a uh, discerning connoisseur of tech, mm. and therefore I'm buying the Android version yeah. rather than the iOS version. And so I think that that's one strand of people like like for example, if you. I mean, thinking thinking of myself, I, I only started to appreciate the value of coaching once I was able to afford coaching. So that's like one camp of people. Then, okay. as you have alluded to, there's the other camp who actually could afford it, but who feel it's, quote, not worth it because
1: of some... Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. a Superman trap. It's, it's kind of thinking like, well, I could, I could, in theory, do all these things myself. Um, so why would I pay someone to do it? Like, mm. you know, it's mm. possible to get uh, get ripped or whatever without a pt it's you know it's possible to start a youtube channel without a course it's yep. possible to do all these things i th- i i actually think it's a superman trap like the the actual think thinking thought process is it is possible for me to do these things without the extra help and so i should do that and mm. like i've 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 thought this way myself and i i probably still think this way about certain things that's why i'm pretty sure this is like an actual
0: phenomenon um yeah so i've done I've been doing a bunch of reading into this sort of thing for book research um, and the, 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 there is this whole phenomenon of I think they call it like the future self trap or something like that um, which is where we think our future se- selves are more competent mm. than our current selves yeah, yeah, and so procrastination is like well I don't have the energy to do this today but my future self yeah. will magically have the energy to do it this time tomorrow yeah. And I think it's similar. That's mm. a, a similar vein to a Superman trap. Yeah, yeah. When, when we're imagining things in the future, mm. we are thinking of ourselves as being far more competent than we actually are.
1: Mm.
0: And I find that whenever people say to me, oh, but I could do it myself. The question is, well, why haven't you? Or, yeah. you know, I could theoretically lose weight by myself without a personal trainer. Okay. But, you know, in the last five years, have you? Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing.
1: So... All right. The actual thing I wanted to talk about is a uh, is the mind virus. <laughs> Known as cringe. Oh, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Talk to Hopefully um, Yeah, I think um, You know humans have this natural cringe response to certain things mm. um, What do you mean by cringe? Sorry, what do you mean by cringe? It's a feeling of like embarrassment or secondhand embarrassment, right when you when you see something That you consider distasteful mm it's uh you know you feel this feeling of like embarrassment or secondhand embarrassment and i think that's that's kind of what cringe means and i think it's useful right like it's it's useful for people to have this cringe response because it helps people generally just like sort of police other people and wider society and community into not doing things that are considered distasteful so yeah like it would be, yeah, yeah. It, quite it, useful. Yeah, it kind of enforces social norms, basically, right? Like, it would be cringe if someone was walking around naked and things like that. You know, it would be cringe if Somewhere. two people are having, like, a yelling, domestic yelling fight in the supermarket. You know, like, it, yeah, lots of things are cringe for good reason. Um, because, you know, <laughs> we don't want them around. <laughs> but, but, I think the real pandemic today... <laughs> uh no i think I'd, I'd, I'd characterize it more as a mind virus than a pandemic um okay yeah <laughs> and so it's not quite gone to pandemic levels <laughs> no 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 like i think there's yeah i think they're orthogonal <laughs> sorry i'll, I'll stop <laughs> taking the piss <bits> now <laughs> i think our cringiometers are out of control oh and it's <laughs> a good phrase yeah i and i think um we are governed by cringe aversion too much <laughs> i'm coming out with so, <laughs> so yeah. many phrases today. this is great <laughs> this
0: is a whole new strand of content on the, on the podcast yeah you know, last time we had phrases was optionality like three years ago <laughs> yeah i haven't come up with any
1: these phrases recently like, man, but... you need to come up with more phrases this is good i had a yeah. cringometer and cringe aversion <laughs> and superman trap <laughs> superman trap <laughs> yeah and I, I think yeah i think i our, our sort of our level of cringe aversion is so extreme that i think it it's it's kind of Stopping us from doing so many things, and it's really kind of holding us back and shackling us down, cool. right? So, one area in which I've noticed this is um, in the younger generation, all right? And I'm, allow me to opine on the younger generation, if I may. <laughs> <laughs> when talking to people who are, uh, let's say, age between like seven and 15 or something, seven to 16, maybe, I found that they tend to describe things as cringe quite a lot and you know maybe that that could just be a language thing you know like back in the day oh man that's so lame or whatever and now people say oh man that's so cringe that that might be what's going on but I don't think that's what's going on because I think uh particularly in the realm of anyone doing anything vaguely public um there is this huge sort of uh yeah cringe aversion where like uh I think a lot a lot of people you know now with the internet you uh, you have the option of sharing yourself with the world in a in a way that you probably didn't have, you know, previously and I think a lot of people feel compelled to share themselves with the world and they feel they f- they feel an urge to, to kind of share themselves with the world But the cr- the cringe aversion is so strong that they don't do it um, and uh, I think like being sincere is also considered You know quite cringe um, like if you look at like twitter.com you know instagram.com .com. <laughs> i was thinking quite a UK. Yeah. com. Um you know i i think like and i don't i know you don't like me saying most people but I, when i say this i'm i felt it myself and that's why i'm saying this um yeah it feels like being sincere is cringe putting yourself out there is cringe and so I think a lot of people are being held back by fear of being labeled as cringe. What do you mean being sincere? Sorry? What do you mean by being sincere? Um, just like being being very earnest about expressing something, I think, on the internet, um, on these websites. Because it's not, it's
0: not cringe to express your concern about the, I don't, I don't know, the Afghan refugees or things like that. So what do, you, what do you mean by like like, what sort of sincerity equals
1: cringe, do you think? In the minds of the youth of today i don't i don't think it's just the youth i think i've I've noticed the youth you using the word cringe a lot more than it would have been used in the past but i think i think it's it's everyone of all ages so what was your question like Uh, what kind of thing what kind
0: of things do you think sincerity gives that cringe response to i mean so i can think of like if i was sincere about expressing my love of my friends that could be considered a bit cringe and it's the sort of thing that you'd sort of feel a bit uncomfortable about bringing it up. Be like, hey guys, you know, just want to say, it's going to sound a bit cringe, but like, I just really value yeah. all all you guys, and like, I'm so glad that we're here together on this holiday. That that kind of thing. Yeah, You, yeah, you yeah. would have to preface that with, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, precisely. That's this what... is this is going to come across as a bit cringe, guys. Themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's like that's kind of weird, right? Like, why do we have to do that? And I think you've often used the term cringe pass. Like, oh, you have to give you have to give me a cringe pass or something, or you know, what well, in what context do you? do you find yourself wanting to get a cringe pass? Oh. Um, I guess for you, it's kind of like around the YouTube clickbait titles and things like that.
0: Uh, yeah, more like um, around, like if I, if for example, I'm talking about uh, the company vision, hmm. which is inevitably going to be cliche. And so therefore to say it feel, like genuinely feels a bit embarrassing that yeah, this is a thing. And for people who do not appreciate the difficulty in coming up with a company vision and the inevitability that it's going to be somewhat cliche. I feel like I need to signal that I, yes, the cringe pause signals a level of self-awareness that I know this is going to sound bad, but bear with me on it because it's got actual value. Similarly, like when I've been, when I've been on dates um, on those few occasions when the conversation has been like, and like, you know the girl would 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 start saying something and be like oh no no i can't say that it's it's too embarrassing
1: yeah yeah. then
0: it's like it's it's okay you know it stays between us we've 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 got a cringe pass here kind of thing yeah as a sort of a semi-serious not serious way of like acknowledging that it's okay
1: to say something that sounds outwardly embarrassing yeah i mean i know do you feel like i'm off base here do you feel like the cringe thing isn't that big a deal i just see i just see it so much i don't Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think the cringe thing is I don't I don't see it as increasing.
0: I think the cringe thing is basically I'm worried what my peers will think of me. And back in the day the words for that were lame or insert homophobic slur here or and the and these days the word cringe has started being used so much. Okay, so you think it's just like a language thing, but actually fundamentally nothing has really changed. I think fundamentally people have always had Yeah, yeah the a, cringe response has yeah, always been there. A fear of putting you know, we were talking to some nephew and a nephew and niece who are like seventeen to nineteen and I was chatting to them about like the prevalence of TikTok amongst their age group. Yeah. And they were like, oh yeah, everyone watches TikTok like all the time. And I was like, but do any of your friends make TikToks? Oh God, no, that would be cringe. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> uh, Kind of thing. But I think 10 years ago uh, that, that would have been considered lame rather than cringe. Oh, okay. And I think like,
1: no, I don't think so, man. No, I mean, okay, but
0: but also ten years ago, the sorts of people that would have been making—I say ten years ago, more like fifteen years ago—the sorts yeah. of people that would have been making home videos and sticking them on YouTube yeah. were the nerds, anyway. Yeah, and so they didn't. The you know, it 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 wasn't the it wasn't the population that defines what's cool that was posting videos on YouTube fifteen years ago. Mm. You you posting your random crap on YouTube circa two thousand and seven. Hey let's there's no need for that language a rat in hamster food (laughs) cage or university challenge goodbye it was a different time where that thing was less
1: public it was less okay here's here's the thing. so i think that's a good example so i remember like a few years ago i thought back i looked at my like youtube videos that i'd made and posted during like secondary school yep um and i thought like Man, I had some serious balls. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I I I I'd, I'd make it I'd, I'd spend an evening. I'd put it on YouTube and then I'd post it on Facebook for the entire for the entire school to see. Yeah. Um and I think like in in many ways secondary school is where like you'd you'd have like peak cringe version. Mm. But I think back then just like general yeah, I th- I think just like the cringometer was Calibrated a bit differently, and I think like I wasn't so fussed about yeah. like oh this being cringe, and I don't I don't think anyone was that fussed yeah, as I fussed think, about things but that being cringe. I think it was because back in the day,
0: the uh, social norms around posting on the internet, and the, the I think the. The cringometer was always there, but it had not been developed for the internet.
1: Like okay, well, like, what kind of yeah? Okay, I think you you might you might be onto something there. But like, free, free, what free free kind gone. of stuff would you have, or was cringy when we were in secondary school? Like m- making internet content, I think was not cringy because like no one was doing it. It was yeah. just like kind of weird and kind of funny. Yeah. Like but maybe probably not even weird. It was just like oh, haha. It's just yeah. like funny. It's, it's like funny whatever. Video, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, what
0: stuff would have been cringe? I th- okay, someone. Someone uh, volunteering to do a school assembly would have been cringe.
1: I mean, tryharding has been
0: yeah. cringe
1: <laughs> since the beginning someone, of time.
0: Someone breaking into song during their, the school assembly that they that they volunteered to give would have been cringe.
1: <laughs> Are we still talking in hypotheticals here? <laughs> still, of
0: course, we're still 100% talking in hypotheticals. Um, so yeah, basically, someone putting themselves out there publicly in the real world, oh, okay, the equivalent yeah. of which was going up on the stage and you know, school assembly, or a student, you know, like, for example, in uh, a, year, a whole year group kind of seminar in, for example, the Westcliff Theatre, if, I don't know, the, the the person speaking were to say something and someone were to raise their hand and stand up and make a counterpoint in a way similar to, for example, at the, at the Cambridge Union where someone, like, stands up and says, my name is whatever from whatever college and I oh. would like to counter your point by saying ABC. That would have been cringe AF. Okay. Because it was outside of the social norm of the public, of the... The real life this yeah, is yeah, yeah. this the, the these are the things that people do when they're seated seated in this lecture theater yeah and those people were, I mean, everyone would have been like Ugh, cringe but we didn't yeah. have those rules developed for the internet and so now that we have those rules developed for the internet oh it's cringe to dance on tiktok unless you get big in which case yeah i want to be your friend yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: it's cringe to walk around with a camera filming youtube videos and talking to it unless you're a big YouTuber in which case, Oh my God, can I be a new vlog? Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I suspect the cringometer has always been there. It's just been more developed in the era of the internet over time as the social norms surrounding that have, have changed.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think, I think that sounds right. So then I guess maybe my point is more like, I think our, I think our cringometer, our sort of online cringometer is still miscalibrated and oh God, yeah. we're still way too, way too like cringe averse. And I think like, I think part of the reason is because of, you know, uh, what I would dub the, the asymmetry of cringe. Okay. So I think like, (laughs) you know, when you, when you express certain kinds of, uh, sort of aesthetic preferences, like, oh, I like this kind of food. I don't like this kind Mm. of food. Right. You're, you're not making like a normative judgment. You're not trying to say that this kind of food is bad and this kind of food is good for everyone. Right. Um, it's clear that that's a preference. But when you describe something as cringe, yep. I think cr- cr- cringe is kind of like, it's a social commentary. It, it's a social commentary. It, it kind of, it, it, it assumes some shared, shared, shared taste that we all have, mm. right? It assumes that we, we, we all have the shared taste. And when you say that, oh, this is cringe, it's not like saying, oh, I like Indian food it's it's more like you know making okay. a yeah like s- society agrees with me that this yeah, is bad yeah 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 exactly and so there's this kind of asymmetry where it's the um, I don't know whatever the Overton window equivalent is <laughs> for cringe where it's 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 very it's extremely easy for the <laughs> the window to shrink <laughs> of like what is considered you know basically you can you can call things cringe and then you know people basically have to agree with you. I mean, no, not agree with you. Like, no one's sitting there and saying, yes, I agree, we can call this cringe. You know, no, no one's doing that. Yeah. But as you get the general sense that, like, this is considered cringe, this is considered cringe, and so on, like... It's very hard for someone to argue against that. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue against that because, I mean, it, I think for the same reason that, like, I think we've talked about this on, on an episode ages ago. It, it, I don't like the term weird, you know, when describing people, because, again, it's kind of this sort of normative thing where... If if someone says, oh, you know, this person is weird or something, there's another big asymmetry there where it's it's very easy to increase the number of people that are weird, Mm. but it's very hard to decrease that number. Like if you know, it it takes it takes a lot to like stand up and say, actually, no, I don't think that's weird, because then you're kind of um, you know you're putting yourself at risk of being part of weird, (laughs) yeah, yeah, being part of the weird the weird gang. Yeah, and so I think I think I think cringe is similarly asymmetric Mm. where. It is really easy to label something as cringe to, to label something as cringe, and it is really difficult to unlabel something as cringe hmm. and so this is I think where the asymmetry comes in where like on a daily basis you know you're on you're on your computer, you're on your websites and there's people going oh cringe 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 you know like (laughs) there's there's people labeling things as cringe and so like (laughs) like in real time your overton window is shrinking (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. the 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 window for what's non-cringe is like always shrinking yeah and it's very it's very hard to like actually to to widen that and so that's kind of what i mean where and i think i think maybe you know if it feels like this is getting out of control online and i i think it didn't it didn't really happen pre pre pre-internet pre like posting because in in real life like everyone's not drinking from the same fire hose of information and then also like yeah i I feel like everything is also just kind of less permanent and stuff and so in in real life the cringe window is not like be you know the cringe window is not being assaulted 24 7 whereas on the computer uh on on the websites the cringe window is being assaulted 24 7 because people are just like constantly posting and like combined with the fact that like calling something bad is better content in terms of engagement and stuff than calling something good you know combined with that fact i think just the cringe window is just being bombarded constantly and there's no equal and opposite reaction that you can do to increase it. Mm. And so like everything is just going to get drowned in cringe.
0: Uh, So if we're, if we're thinking about what are the equal and opposite reactions, I think, I think that that there are opposite reactions, but they're not necessarily equal. You know, for example, when, when TikTok first came out, random person posting dance videos on TikTok, you know, at the point where, 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 people knew what TikTok was, but it did not yet have completely, complete mass adoption would have been more cringe than it is now. And random person in your social circle posting videos on TikTok is still cringe, it, it, but it's in, it, it now kind of depends on what social circles you roam in. And it's now become a lot more acceptable to put yourself out there online publicly. So I think there is that, you know, spe- especially as more and more people <coughs> talk about the value of putting yourself out there publicly and all that jazz. The over to window in that sense is expanding. I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the phenomenon of medical students starting youtube channels okay uh as a as a case study for this okay yeah and before uh, uh you know it, dare i say <laughs> before me <laughs> you know, in 2017 there were not many medical students who had started youtube channels yeah at least in the uk i'm sure they were in the u.s but i don't really followed uh, follow them and they were like they were like a handful but it was like a fairly minority thing to do mm. and You could and and in 2017, when I as a medical student started making YouTube videos, the vibe was it was it was easy to it was easy to get over the cringe response by saying I'm helping people get into med school because medical applicants are interested in this stuff. Yeah. Then very quickly, as more and more people started jumping on that medical student starting YouTube channel train and the content moved from educational content helping people to get into med school more towards this is a day in my life hmm. at, at that point you could still sort of be like well okay day in the life of a medical student that's kind of useful to applicants and then it kind of goes beyond that as more and more people enter the space where there's even less uh, and, and then i think it, it reaches peak cringe where it's like oh you're you're another one of those medical students starting a youtube channel for no reason just like vlogging about your day etc cetera, etc cetera. okay and so we kind of hit hit peak cringe where like people are like looking down on this as being a phenomenon and then as more and more people do it it's acceptability increases to the point that it actually becomes less cringe and now for a medical I suspect for a medical student, student to start a YouTube channel people would hardly bat an eye and it wouldn't be like oh wait. my god I can't believe you're doing this so you're saying so there's like a wait, a- wait, wait.
1: I mean so I, I'm not really I'm not plugged into this world so yeah. I, I a bell curve of cringe I think right right so you're, you're saying it, it's, it, it was more cringe let's say in like you know you started in 2017 or something yeah. you vlogging medical school in 2017 was less cringe than someone vlogging medical school in 20. Twenty. Yep. Really. Yeah. I think so. Wow. Okay. And now in 2021, it is not that cringe anymore because yeah, so I many think, people are doing it. I
0: think around 2019, 2020, as uh, probably around 20, uh, if, we, if we get a pandemic, probably around 2020 was. I, I suspect, <laughs> if I may opine on, on the youth of today. <laughs> <laughs> around 2020 is when it started to. It was. We, we sort of probably peak cringe. Yeah. Uh, because I know a bunch of medical student YouTubers who were really, really scared to put out vlogs because they were like, oh my God, it's so cringe. Hmm. And now those same people are more okay with it, but also newcomers to the space who I also know of are also more okay with it. So I I think, hmm. and and I think that trajectory is similar to the, I am making videos on YouTube trajectory and also I am making stuff on TikTok trajectory where at some point where people know about it and know that it's a thing, it reaches peak cringe. And then as it becomes more and more socially acceptable it's like what like for example starting a newsletter mm. four years ago would have been a bit cringe yeah I feel, I feel like starting a newsletter today is less cringe than it would have been a few years ago because it is now more mainstream yeah and so that my point overall there was yes the origin window is shrinking by the ease of labeling something as cringe but there is also a reaction in the opposite direction of as something becomes more mainstreamified hmm the it actually expands like for example in the 40s it would have been cringe to wear like I don't know colorful clothing but in the 60s suddenly colorful clothing is all the rage and everyone wants to wear colorful clothing Mm. and so this thing that once used to be cringe and associated with like homophobic slurs was then not cringe because of social acceptance that oh it's actually okay to be a bit different kind of vibes
1: I see but we keep saying Overton window the Overton window is this uh, it's this constant this term coined by presumably someone called Overton which it basically describes the the window of politically acceptable discourse in public uh, where you know back you know 10 20 years ago you could say a lot more things that were yeah you know, a lot more things were socially acceptable to say, whereas now fewer things are socially acceptable to say and so uh, the Overton window is said to be shrinking and so I think there needs to be a similar concept for the the Quange equivalent. Uh, yeah, like socially acceptable rather than politically acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is sort of the same thing, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think the Overton window is more like if you're outside the Overton window, you could get cancelled. I think the cringe window is like you could get ostracised. <laughs> well, but like, yeah, you wouldn't get cancelled no. for it. It's just, just cringe, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely become less cringe like if they're more mainstream. That's true. Yeah, maybe that is the balancing force of just like at some point. I think things become less cringe as they become more, more more mainstream,
0: but also things become less cringe as they become more signals of status. For example, if people know that oh, if you if you get big on TikTok, you can make a lot of money. Now all of a sudden starting a TikTok account yeah, loses some of its cringe factor because people know that there is a path to Mm. Path to wealth at the end of it. Maybe back in the day, I'm dropping out of univers- I'm dropping out of college slash university to start a business would have been a bit like, Ugh, cringe. Like, what are you doing? And now it's like, well, I wish I could do that too.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I think like obviously as things get. I, almost by definition like the more mainstream things get the less cringe they are right but I do i do feel like there's still this asymmetry man
0: yeah there is an asymmetry. It's, it's much easier to label something as cringe or not socially acceptable than it is to argue that in fact it
1: actually is yeah
0: i mean i'm a i'm a i'm a zealot for this <laughs> for this cause mm. in that whenever i in a in a social circle if someone says oh person x has started a insert social platform or public thing here it's a bit cringe i'm always like hold up. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that cringe? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're putting themselves out there. They're like, you know, living their best life, yeah. et cetera. When we were at dinner last night and we were talking about online courses, one direction the conversation could have gone is, oh, it's, it's, it's cringe when people sell online courses.
1: Yeah. But you were at the dinner, so no one was going to no, say no. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it could have gone in that direction, and had I not been successful at selling online courses, <laughs> yeah, that is a that's one path in which conversation could have could have gone. And in in a different group, mm. the group might have collectively decided, oh yeah, it is Tyler Lopez and stuff. Oh, it's cringe when people sell online courses. Yeah, um, but if there is a if there is someone at the table, even if it's not a case of they're not saying the thing just to be polite, there is a thing of like you know I think I made a pretty good case for why online courses should 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 be a thing, mm. and so. In a in a circumstance like that, when you do have an opposition force that's arguing against the point that the group as a whole is potentially yeah. at danger of coming to a consensus agreement on. Yeah, yeah. That does genuinely change a person's mind because now in future occasions these people might not even be inclined to suggest to to, to think that online courses mm, are a big yeah, cringe yeah. because they know
1: that actually the, yeah. the this point has been countered. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I wonder if the cost to um pushing back against a cringe judgment is actually a lot lower. I think it's similar to back in the day. It's if
0: someone's like, oh, it's totally lame to, I don't know. It would not have been called lame to play the piano in assembly, but it would have been called lame to sing in assembly. Yeah. And
1: I don't know. Like if you're good at singing, I think people wouldn't have been lame. Uh, actually, no, I remember there was this guy, there was this guy who sang, So basically at school. I think like on Wednesdays in assembly, there'd be some kind of musical performance. Yeah. And some guy sang, hallelujah i think oh uh, yeah, yeah i remember it was really good yeah yeah and it was really good and then i think everyone <laughs> everyone was just like taking the piss for no reason <laughs> like like he became known as the hallelujah guy in my ear <laughs> um and, and that, yeah. was the, that, was, that was the
0: first time i heard that song in that, that yeah. <laughs> Um, but if somebody, if if you had been playing Hallelujah on the piano, no one would have battered an eyelid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, where was I going with this? Um, and so I think the social cost of defending Hallelujah boy, Hallelujah guy, yeah. was definitely it was it was definitely non-zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey guys, why are we collectively, hate, you know, taking the piss out of Hallelujah guy? You're like,
1: shut up, bro. <laughs> this reminds me of a really good moment in Arrested Development. Um, this is probably too complicated. It's probably not worth going. Into. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> All right, I'll say it for the, the the dozens of us out there who are fans. That was also the rest about my reference. Basically, Job, who's one of the characters, um, he's a magician, <laughs> not unlike yourself. <laughs> and one magic trick he wants to do is to get be in, in prison and then break out of prison m- miraculously and so he's in prison and it's like the you know recreational time they're all out on like the prison playground kind of thing mm. you know some people shooting some hoops or some, playing baseball or something um, and jo- Job is like like completely out of place in this prison because like, he's, he's not like a hard criminal um, and then these like really big burly guys with like tattoos and stuff and um, you know those kind of like bandana type things and you know things like this oh yeah there's a guy called <laughs> there's a guy called there's a, pr- a really big pr- hench prison guy whose nickname seems to be white power bill <laughs> yeah probably some kind of you know white supremacist type chap looks pretty violent etc yeah. etc and someone's like saying something to white power bill and then job decides oh this is the time for me to bust out my magic trip and he, he says this i like, think oh White Power Bill can't hear you <laughs> because he's got dirt, because he's got something in his ears <laughs> or something. And then he pulls like a coin out from behind White Power Bill's ears. <laughs> I think he, uh, okay, I, I think Jerry Baxter says because, because of his dirty ears or something and then he pulls out the coin. And then the other guy is immediately like, <laughs> Hey, Dirty Ears Bill. And then everyone starts calling White Power Bill Dirty Ears Bill. Just like immediately. That was just like something that everyone could pounce on and just like shit on this guy for. Um, And obviously this is problematic for Job because he... he, White Power Bill is now called Dirty Ears Bill because of Job. And so Job later gets stabbed by White white Power Bill. I see. Uh, But yeah, just like the... (laughs) I think that the, the speed at which, like, he turned from White, house, white Power Bill to Dirty Ears Bill, mm. just, just because Joe was like, oh, he's got dirty ears to, like, do his magic trick, it's, it, it kind of reminded me of the same thing where, like, if a bunch of people are shitting on Hallelujah Guy, and then you're like, oh, guys, uh, I don't know why we're saying that, then, like, immediately people will, like, jump on yeah. you for that thing, and that's, <laughs> that's kind of the fear that you would, you would become a Dirty Ears Bill, <laughs> like, you know... <laughs> oh good stuff that was worth the digression (laughs) (laughs) the dirty is bill traps i might say (laughs) right exactly (laughs) add, add that to the show notes nice all right cool um i think you have to go very fairly soon i have to go fairly soon um so let us wrap it up um i'll maybe just read out a tweet earlier this week i tweeted um two in one shampoo and conditioner should be available by prescription only and three in one Shampoo, conditioner, body wash should be illegal. Okay, yeah, that's my insight for the week. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about like how you got Overton windowed in response to that. No, 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 no. In fact, I'm I'm fricking the Overton window by saying this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, multi- <laughs> these hygiene products. Are are cringe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, it's not cringe. They're just really bad. Um, anyway, that was my uh, that's my insight for the week. Excellent. Mm.
0: my insight for the week is that on days where i go to the gym in the morning i feel like just like uh, i feel (laughs)
1: noticeably better throughout the day yeah for sure um so i need to do more of this oh classico yeah all right thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next week Bye bye or DM
0: us at NOverthinking on Twitter, please.
1: Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.